This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello and welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. I'm your host, Ryland Stiles, and on today's show, there's actual football to talk about. Coming up this week, the Chiefs will open up the preseason, and we're excited here at the Arrowhead Attic Podcast and at ArrowheadAttic.com. We thank Fansided for sponsoring this podcast, hosting this podcast, and of course, the fine, fine website of ArrowheadAttic.com, where you can get all of your Chiefs news, notes, coverage, and insight. Please subscribe leave a review, leave a comment about what you like or don't like about the show, how we can improve for you. Uh, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcasts from. And of course, read arrowheadaddict.com. I'm Rylan Styles. You can find me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can find Arrowhead Attic on Twitter at Arrowhead Attic. You can find our podcast on Twitter at Attic underscore podcast. Usually, Grant Tuttle is with me, but today he is feeling under the weather uh, with a dentist appointment that caused his mouth to go numb. So, he will not be on today's show. He'll be back next week. On today's show, though, we have training camp headlines, including some late-breaking news right before I hit record. And we're going to preview the Bengals game and the preseason as a whole, as well as talk about hard knocks and some other things around the NFL. So let's get started with today's breaking news, and that's the fact that the Chiefs signed Morris Claiborne. Uh, Morris Claiborne's going to be suspended to start the year, obviously. He'll miss the first four weeks of the season. But he does provide reinforcements for the Chiefs and in that cornerback room. He's a veteran. He's a a quality player. He's obviously not a great player uh, or a game-changer. This isn't a guy who I think takes the Chiefs to the next level by any means. But it is a guy that you feel confident in. Even though, according to Pro Football Focus, Traverius Ward and Morris Claiborne have the same grades, according to their system, uh, their system which sometimes is flawed, although they do a great job over there, you feel more confident in a veteran who's been there before. A veteran who's a top 10 pick, played for the Cowboys, played for the Jets, 
He's not going to shut anyone down. He's not going to have his own island over there. He's not going to be a guy who you you look at the defense before the snap and you say, okay, well, I know that side of the field is covered. There's Morris Claiborne over there. But he not only provides depth, but he provides veteran leadership, uh, not in the sense of rah-rah and get people fired up because the Chiefs already have that in Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew, but in the sense of just a guy who's been there before. He's, he's a mediocre player, which in the Chiefs' cornerback room is, is good enough. It, it, it just helps this this cornerback room with him, Rashad Breeland, and Kendall Fuller. I love this signing. I love this move. The most he can make on this contract is $1.5 million. We expected a move to be made before the season started. It happens to be Morris Claiborne. They got him cheaper than they would have, I think, because of the fact that he's going to serve a suspension to start the year. You, There's no way to knock this move. If you're a Chiefs fan if, or if you're just an NFL fan in general, this is a smart move by the Chiefs. It doesn't cost them anything, you know, really financially. It doesn't cost anyone on the roster time to play because he's not a guy who you have to play. If he's not good, he can go by the way of Darrell Revis. He can get benched. If he's not good, he doesn't need to play. They took a flyer on him. And it can pay off, uh, and it might not. So we'll see how that goes. But it's just the fact that you just add bodies in there. And the fact that if there's an injury to Ward, Fuller, Breland, you're not immediately turning your attention to Herb Miller or anyone on on the cornerback roster prior to this signing. It gives you that depth. No matter if he's the depth or if Ward is now the depth, it gives you more options, and that's something that Spags is going to need in a game of football where we've already seen one cornerback get hurt for the Chiefs. Injuries are going to happen throughout the year. They might not be season-ending like Reesers was, but they're going to happen. Someone's going to get banged up, and if you listen to, to Spags talk, if Fuller goes down, he was talking about playing uh, Tyron Matthew in the slot, and I would prefer Tyron to just be the safety, just be the safety the entire time, although he could play the slot, I guess, a little bit. Uh, I would prefer him to play the safety. So it just gives you, again, depth. That's what this signing is, is depth. There's nothing you can knock against the signing, I don't think. You know, he's out four weeks. Uh, obviously, you would prefer, you know, you would prefer him to not have to serve any suspensions. But take a look at the first four weeks. The Chiefs play at Jacksonville. The Chiefs play at Oakland. The Chiefs play at Baltimore. That's the first three weeks, and then they go to Detroit. That Those first three games, I am not afraid of any of those passing attacks. Antonio Brown has frostbite. Who knows what's going to happen by week two? Derek Carr's terrible. Offensive line is mediocre at best. They're not going to throw for 300 yards against you. Nick Foles has no one to throw to, and I don't think he's that good, frankly. I think he's a product of the system. Andy Reid um, and, and Doug Peterson... I think he's a product of that system, that they make him look good, and if you put him somewhere else, he's not going to be any good. I don't believe that he can he can play well in Jacksonville, and besides that, D.D. Westbrook's the only guy he can throw to. They're not going to throw for a bunch of yards on your defense. And then you go to Detroit, and Detroit has Matthew Stafford, a, a, a boomer bust guy who could be great that week, could be awful that week, and again, they don't have the weapons that make you just nervous and shaking in your boots 
and they don't have the offensive line to to maintain Chris Jones and Frank Clark. I don't I don't believe. I believe those are two elite pass rushers who can help your secondary just by how good they are. Tack on the fact that on the back end of your secondary, you have Tyron Matthew who can clean some stuff up. So the first four weeks, him being out, is not a death sentence. You're not playing the Chargers. You're not playing the Patriots. You're not playing the Colts. You're playing teams who just cannot throw the football. You're not playing Aaron Rodgers. So him being out four weeks does not concern me whatsoever. Uh, But even so, I don't think he changes the Chiefs' expectations. I don't think he changes the outlook of the Chiefs. Them signing Morris Claiborne or not will not have an impact on me predicting how the season's going to go here in a couple weeks whenever we have our season prediction show. But it is a good signing from the fact that it cannot be a bad one. If he's not good, you cut bait. No, nothing lost. If he's good, you've got a very cheap cornerback who you desperately needed and who has came to Kansas City to get his career back on track, and it's just a great story throughout the year. There's no negative to this move. So that's why it's, it's automatically a great move no matter how this pans out on the field. As far as other training camp headlines before we talk about the preseason, uh, Garrick Dieter is still out with back spasms and has been for over a week now, I think. Uh, at least a week. It might be over a week by now. I don't think he's going to make this team. If you can't practice, if you can't play, if you can't show them what you have, I don't think there's a, a spot for him. Now, could he be a guy who has a injury that leads him to the injury reserve list where they don't have to actually cut him? He's still around the team, but he's also not really hurt. They're just kind of finding that loophole to keep him around in Kansas City. Sure, if they wanted to, they could do that. But that wide receiver room is so deep that I'm not sure that they want to. I mean, you have Marcus Kemp, Pringle, guys like that, Demarcus Robinson, guys like that who are going to serve very well at that wide receiver position, not to mention your top guys, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, and then rookie Meikle Hardman, who's looking fantastic in training camp, who seems to be clicking with Patrick Mahomes, who seems to be a guy who will be utilized amazingly in in this Andy Reid system. So I don't think there's any room for Dieter. He was a fun story last year. Him and Mahomes clicked. They were best friends. Got in a couple games, nothing really too special on the field, but a lot of good storylines off the field. But I think that his time has has run out. And, you know, for an undrafted rookie who out of, what was it, Bowling Green, he has a good story to tell about his NFL career. And I think that he has talent to be on an NFL roster. I don't think that that roster is going to be in Kansas City just because of how deep this position group is in Kansas City. His injuries play a part in that because, again, he hasn't been on the field. Uh, We'll see how it goes. They haven't even snapped the ball in a preseason game, although there's now no more practices to to get ready for that game. You haven't practiced in a week, so surely that'll probably take you out of the Bengals game. So then you have three preseason games left. And in the third preseason game, usually your starters play a half. You're not going to be in that rotation, I don't believe. So that leaves you a half of, of one game. So just the number crunch and time running out, not being on his side, I don't think Dieter's making this roster. But he is great friends with Mahomes, so you know the, the Chiefs and Mahomes are kind of in that relationship now where 
or Mahomes is so good, you kind of keep his buddies around, kind of like LeBron James has in a sense. Uh, obviously, keeping around Garrett Dieter is not going to hurt the team. Okay, if they cut Pringle in favor of Dieter, it's not going to be that big of a deal uh, in terms of their win-loss record, in terms of their season outlook, in terms of their ceiling. It's not going to be that big of a deal. So if Mahomes wanted him around, he could keep him. I just don't think that Mahomes cares enough, and I don't think that the Chiefs have seen enough to keep him around. Um, Damian Williams returned to practice. That's that's a big deal. Uh, he was out for a, a week himself, I believe. I mean, he, he was out for a, a substantial amount of time. So it was good to see him get back. Uh, really, nothing too crazy happened in, in training camp from the last time that we had a show. But Pat Mahomes did have a cereal come out. Mahomes Magic Crunch, and it sold out in, I believe, 48 hours. Maybe at most three days it sold out. I believe it's a, a high V exclusive. Uh that's just awesome to, to see the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs not only have a Super uh, well, he's going to have a Super Bowl soon, not only have a cereal, but for it to sell out and get as much um, recognition nationwide as it did, um, that was pretty cool. The Chiefs also revealed uh, unveiled their new Red Friday flag. It's their flag commemorating this season, and it looks incredible. And if you can get your hands on one, you absolutely should. As you know, if you've listened to the show since it started, I'm not always the biggest fan of the Chiefs' um, design team, the way that they design hats and flags and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but this one knocked it out of the park. It's incredible. I wouldn't mind having one myself. But, like I said at the top of the show, we have real football to talk about. It's the preseason, but they're still going to be playing football. And I wanted to talk briefly about the preseason you know, there's usually two camps to this thing. Either you don't care at all and you want me to wake you up on September uh, whatever. You know, September, I believe, 8th is the first game for the Chiefs. So either you don't care at all or you watch all four quarters and just make resound. Yes, it's September 8th for the opener. Or you watch all four quarters and just make incredible hot takes after the game uh, and live and die by the by the, the games themselves. I fall more into that second camp than the first camp. I'll admit it. There has been many occasions where I watch a preseason game, uh, whether it be Chiefs or otherwise, because, yes, I do watch other teams' preseason games as crazy as that, as that is, and I'll say that guy's really good. When in reality, it was just a preseason game, and it didn't really matter. But this year's different from a Chiefs standpoint because there has never been in the history of the Chiefs, at least not in my lifetime, which has gone on for 21 years, that the Chiefs have been this popular, that the Chiefs have had this much excitement around them, that the Chiefs have had this much anticipation. People who you didn't even know knew what football was are excited to watch this Chiefs team. It's like the Royals were in 2014 and 15. Well, August of 2014, not the entire year, because Ned Yost was still trying to beg fans to go out to the ballpark in August. But it's like people were with the Royals after that 2014 run and that 2015 season. People who you didn't even know knew what a pitcher was, wanted Royals gear, wanted to go to the Royals games, wanted to sit down and watch every single game, 162 Royals games. It's that way with the Chiefs now, and I don't think that's going to fade anytime soon. At least not as long as Mahomes is under center. I don't care what the moving parts around him are. If Mahomes is there, this anticipation... This excitement level, this fan base is only going to continue to grow. With that being said, there's a lot of new people watching preseason now. Those same people who, during the Alex Smith era, 
didn't really care about the preseason at all, maybe didn't even watch a single preseason snap, are now going to watch every single preseason game. And that's awesome. It's also, it needs to be said, to not care about the win-loss, especially in preseason. Who cares? But also, you know, the, the system, the plays don't really matter. Neither side of the ball is going to show anything special. If you remember last preseason, for those of you you know who, who can't remember a preseason game from last year, outside of one monstrous deep ball to Tyreek Hill, the offense didn't look that good. I mean, they, they obviously didn't look terrible, but they didn't look incredible by any means. They didn't even look like they were a top five offense in the league in terms of what they put on the field. Obviously, you need to have that potential because of who they had on, on the roster. But in terms of what they showed on the field, they did not look like a top five offense last preseason. So these teams aren't going to show you much. Really what matters in the preseason is later in the game, whenever you have guys like Colin Saunders and whenever you have guys like Juan Thornhill playing meaningful NFL snaps. While the talent level is not as good, they're not facing Tom Brady. They're not facing Aaron Rodgers. They're not facing those starters. They're still facing people who are evenly matched with them, who have NFL speed and who are trying their hardest to make an NFL roster. And that's why sometimes it's better not to play against Pat Mahomes in the preseason because he doesn't need to try his hardest to, to make a preseason roster. He's not trying to carve up the Bengals on Saturday, which we'll get to that in a second about why he shouldn't even be playing. So the preseason in general, just, just don't overreact to anything. Save the overreactions for week one through week 16 because that's whenever you really get to overreact. As far as the preseason preview, let's get into the first one, which is the first question for this preview, which I want everyone to tweet me your answers before Saturday at Rylan underscore styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. I want you to tweet me all your responses to this question, and whoever gets it right will think of something to, to do to recognize you. But who will Chiefs fans fall in love with this preseason? My answer is simple, and I'm stealing the best answer. It's Mecole Hardman. They've already fallen in love with the highlights that he's provided throughout training camp at St. Joseph. But, if you remember last year, again, if you can remember preseason, Jordan Lucas was the talk of Chiefs Twitter. He was the talk of Chiefs sports radio, the talk of Chiefs websites, the talk of Chiefs Twitter. Jordan Lucas was that dude if you watch preseason last year. There's always somebody on every team who that fan base that watches the preseason falls in love with. Whether it be right or wrong. And I think Nicole Harbin's going to be right. I think that he's going to be a contributor from week one. He'll be a big part of this season that should end in the Super Bowl. So I think that he's going to be a, a guy who you can confidently fall in love with. But who's going to be that guy? Is it going to be Armani Watts? Is it going to be someone like that who at the end of the game just looks stellar uh, and maybe falls on the on the defensive depth chart as we saw with Jordan Lucas last year. So you can tweet me that answer, as most of you did, for things to watch in the preseason. I'll give my answer for things to watch, and then I'll read off some of yours. Uh, I asked for you guys to tweet those to me. A lot of you did, and I appreciate that. We'll get into that in a, that in a second. <clears throat> Excuse me. But my things to watch. I asked for three things to watch. I kind of cheated and did like five, but bear with me. Really, I shouldn't on six because Grant's not here, so I could have just taken all three of his. But my number one thing is the rookies. <clears throat> Juan Thornhill, Colin Saunders, and Mikel Hardman. I want to see how they perform. 
in real live game action. Especially Michael Hardman, who I think can be a top contributor, and also Juan Thornhill, who I think is, by the end of this preseason, is going to win the starting job alongside Tyron Matthew. I also want to see that cornerback room, not Kendall Fuller, not Brashad Breland. Those two guys, I know what they are. Believe me, if you listened to this show since it started, I know what Brashad Breland is, and we don't need to rehash that. But I want to see lower-end guys. I want to see Felton. I want, I want to see or Fenton. I want to see all those guys down there, Wade, guys like that in the cornerback room, how they perform, Ward, etc. My number three thing is the backup tight end. How does David Wells perform? How does Blake Bell perform? I want to see who's going to take that job because the Chiefs have run, and Andy Reid has ran a number of two tight end sets throughout his career. It's not been his, his bread and butter per se, but it's been something that he has relied on. You, you saw even last year, though, Mahomes made Demetrius Harris look like a competent tight end, look like a lower level starting tight end. So I want to see what Mahomes can do with Blake Bell or um, David Wells or guys like that. Can he make it to where those guys look competent? Because let's face it right now that they're not even close to being NFL caliber guys, in my opinion. And we'll get a chance to see that um, on Saturday. So I want to watch that backup tight end spot because I think that that's probably the weakest part of this team. Now that they have Morris Claiborne in the fold, I don't think he can do much more improving to that cornerback room. I think that the weakest part of the team is who's going to be in that tight end room besides Travis Kelsey. A guy in Travis Kelsey who has an injury history. A guy in Travis Kelsey who can't do it alone. I mean, any NFL player needs to have a decent backup to, to spell him for a player to. Do you feel confident throwing in Blake Bell? I don't right now. We'll see how that goes. My number four thing, uh, which might be the, the, the biggest thing on this list, is some of these younger guys who seem, if you listen to the, the coaches talk, who seem to be have getting buried on this roster. Outside of Tyron Passanio. Passanio has been praised by Spags since the training camp started. It seems like he's going to be a guy who Spags just loves. So I want to watch him play for sure. But these other guys seem to have been getting buried and buried down this depth chart by Reed, by Spags, by guys like that. You know, by, by those two guys. Breland Speaks, Doran O'Daniel, Armani Watts, and Jordan Lucas. I want to watch those guys play on defense. Speaks seems like a lost cause if you listen to, to Spags and Andy talk. If you just listen to what, what they're saying... Uh, and they're, and you read through the coach speak, it doesn't sound like they have very much faith in Breland Speaks, which is is surprising to anyone who watched this team. Because if you if you watched last year, you would have thought it would be the exact opposite. You would have thought that Speaks would be the guy you can build from, and you might need to cut your losses with Passanio. Last year, Dorno Daniel looked like he could be a starting-level linebacker in this league. There were, whenever I went to the Chargers game, there were people with Doran O'Daniel jerseys on and they weren't his family members. That's how some Chiefs fans got invested into him. And even I thought last year, okay, that's a guy who in a year or two, he could be your mainstay starter at linebacker. And you haven't heard a peep from him, from media members who, who have been covering practice, from coaches, nothing, nothing on the, on the Doran O'Daniel front. I want to watch him play this preseason. Armani Watts is a guy who, again, played well in the preseason last year. Fans started rumbling for him, but then that, all, that subsided throughout the year. 
And then Jordan Lucas, where he talked about him last year, he looked incredible in the preseason fans demanded that he played more and more. Uh, he got a few opportunities in the regular season, played pretty well in them. And then now again, just like the rest of these guys has fallen off in terms of getting recognition from, from spags. You know, when you change defensive coordinators, this can happen. Is it going to happen to these guys? Is, is the change from Sutton to Spags going to bury Breland Speaks, going to bury Dorno Daniel, going to bury Armani Watts and Jordan Lucas? And then number five is Darren Lee. The linebacker they traded for from the Jets, I still think that Darren Lee has potential to be a great linebacker in this league. Not great in the sense of Hall of Famer, but a very, very good linebacker in this league. So I want to see what he has left, see if he shows anything in the preseason uh, that can really get Chiefs fans excited. Because if you pick Darren Lee in this, in this game of, of who you're going to fall in love with this preseason, that you should tweet to me, at Ryland underscore Styles, I wouldn't be mad at you. And in fact, I might put money on, on you to win instead of me with Mecole Hardman. Because I think people have already fallen in love with Mecole Hardman. I don't think it's going to take the four preseason games to do that. So those are mine to watch again. The rookies, the cornerback room, backup tight end spot, the young guys, and Darren Lee. So now let's start off with your tweets to me uh, this week. I told you on Twitter it would be featured on the show, and here they are. Uh, first from Drew Brooks, at dbrooks5884, who does great work at Arrowhead Addict. Number one, the rookies, specifically Juan Thornhill and Michael Hardman. Number two, how the new defense operates with Spags. And number three, which running backs look good. Again, rookies going to be on pretty much everyone's list. Everyone's excited for the rookies on every team, especially this one, because uh, it looks like Juan Thornhill and Michael Hardman are going to be two day one contributors in Kansas City. As far as Spags' defense, it'd be nice to see how they operate. We'll see if he shows anything uh, in this preseason. We'll see. And then the running back is a great point, because Andy Reid has, has kind of just sharpied in Dar- uh, uh, Damian Williamson excuse me, Damian Williams, to start. They also have Carlos Hyde. They also drafted Darren Thompson. Running back by committee might be the way to go for the Chiefs, Uh, although Damian had an incredible end of the season last year, obviously. But, you know, we're always worried about Mahomes' regression. What about Damian's regression? I mean, that was an amazing tear he went on at the end of the year. Who's to say he can duplicate that? So running back depth is going to be huge on this team. What does Carlos Hyde have left? What do they have in Darren Thompson? I think that's a very good point by Drew. Tristan Rutledge at TRUT75. Number one, who's going to be tight end two? I agree. Number two, linebacker depth. I agree. And number three, the rookies. I agree. At my new name, 9900. Number one, the second and third cornerbacks. Number two, is Darwin Thompson legit or is he just a gadget player? And number three, interior offensive line. I agree with cornerbacks. I agree with Darwin Thompson. And the offensive line to me is very interesting as well. I mean, how are they going to look together? What's going to be the right mix and match to, to you know, be successful this year? I think your two locks are Schwartz and, and Fisher on the outside, obviously. Those three interior spots are kind of up for grabs. I think Cam Irvin's going to get one. I think Wiley's going to get one. And we'll see how it all plays out. Obviously, you know, one one inside spot, excuse me, is already, is already filled. Uh, Larry DuVernay-Tardif, the doctor, is going to fill one of them. I completely forgot about him. That's on me. I'll raise my hand. That's my fault. 
So there's really two spots up there for grabs. I think it's ultimately going to come down to Cam Irving and Andrew Wadley. Uh, I believe I'm saying his name right up there up front. But that's a good point. Interior offensive line is going to be a battle. Matt Snyder at Matt Snyder underscore KC on Twitter. These are all on Twitter, by the way. Number one, defensive line. Number two, backup quarterbacks. And number three, the fifth wide receiver. And he lists that he thinks that that competition is going to come down to Dieter, Pringle, and Kemp. Obviously, I said I don't think Dieter's going to make this team. So I would put it as just Pringle and Kemp. Kemp could be a very valuable red zone target. You can read that article on arrowheadact.com. It came out this week. It's very interesting. Made me think. Made a lot of Chiefs fans think. And if you haven't seen it yet, go read it. But on this one, I really want to to point out backup quarterback play. Because you can go one or two ways with this. He lists that he wants to specifically watch Sherman and Linton. And I agree. That's interesting. Because a lot of people are penciling in Chad Henney to just be the guy. And the Chiefs by no means need the money right now. They have plenty of cap space to operate with entering this season. But if Sherman and Linton show you something this preseason... You can get out of Henny's contract. I believe that it would save at least a million dollars. I can check for that real quick. But, you know, they'd have to show you something, you know, pretty productive uh, to to be able to cut waves with with Chad Henny. Because if, God forbid, knock on wood, everything that you need to do to make sure this doesn't happen, if Mahomes goes down for a game or two, if Mahomes goes down for a quarter or two, what... You know, I feel comfortable. I feel comfortable with Chad Henney being in charge of this offense. I feel like Andy Reid can disguise him well enough to keep this ship afloat if Pat Mahomes goes down. Obviously, if Mahomes goes down for the entire year, no, you're screwed. But if Pat Mahomes misses two or three games, of course, that depends on who they who they're playing. I believe that Chad Henney could float the boat. I don't believe that Shermer. Uh, and Linton can. And in a Super Bowl all-in year, you might want to keep the proven veteran who you who you believe could, say, beat the Jaguars. If if Mahomes gets hurt Saturday for some reason, again, knock on wood, pray it doesn't happen. I hope no one gets hurt, but especially not Mahomes. I believe Chad Henney on this, on this schedule could beat the Jaguars, Raiders, Broncos, Titans, Maybe, maybe outduel the Vikings. Maybe outduel Kirk Cousins. It would take that wide receiver room, giving him some just wide open looks, and beating guys like Xavier Rhodes off off the edge because Chad Hayes is not going to be able to fit a ball in there. Uh, so for that reason alone, I would just keep Chad Henney and hold on to him. Again, you're not strapped for cash by any means. But again, interesting point to talk about the backup quarterbacks uh, because. If they show you something this year, maybe next year you move on from Chad Henney and you get one of these younger guys on the active roster. Uh, that was a really long time for no reason. I'm sorry. Uh, but it is a good point, Matt, to look at the backup quarterbacks, specifically Shermer and Litton. I agree. From Stefan Comstock. I hope I'm saying your name right. Uh, he wants to look for the rookies, Hardman, Thompson, and Thornhill. Again, amazing point. I agree. I want to see how Hardman does. You know, running routes, you know, playing against NFL caliber caliber talent. Thompson again. What what do they have in Thompson? Is he another diamond in the rough? Is he a guy like Alfred Morris, who you draft later than you know? A, you know, you're not drafting him with a top pick. 
You're drafting a little bit later. Has he got Kareem Hunt? Or was he a flyer that eh, doesn't really pan out? So I want to see what they have in him. We're obviously not going to know that for sure this preseason, but you can get an idea. And then Juan Thornhill. And I want to talk a little bit more on Thornhill just quickly. Juan Thornhill has been getting praised from media members who I respect, from coaches. I mean, it sounds like he's a player. And it's gotten me very excited. I liked his tape from uh, Virginia, so I'm excited to watch Thornhill as well. Uh, Rodney Barber says, number one, defensive defensive back play. Number two, pressure up front. And number three, offensive line play. Beautiful. Beautiful. The Chiefs are going to need to get to the quarterback. They're going to need to get to the quarterback this year. So Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Colin Saunders, Derek Nottie, guys like that, they're going to need to get to the quarterback so that way that they can protect the secondary. So I agree. I want to see the pressure up front. We've already talked about offensive line and uh, defensive backs, uh, but I agree with you. Harrison Decker at Harry Dog 12. Number one, how does the depth look at cornerback? Agreed. Number two, can Damian Williams get back on the field? This was obviously tweeted to me before um, Damian returned to practice, so do not hold that against him. Uh, and how will the rest of the running backs look? Again, this running back by committee thing might not be so bad. Andy Reid's proven that he can take any running back and fit him into his system, so I agree there. And number three, Hardman and Thornhill in a true game setting. We've talked about it. Perfect. Perfect list. And then last one, Ronald Weidman, defense, defense, defense. And I can't blame you. We know what this offense is. We know this is the best offense in football. We know this is the best offense in football. So what does that defense have? Can that defense get to that 25 spot? Can that defense get to the top 20 spot to where this team's a Super Bowl lock? I believe if the defense can move up to 25 or greater, this team is going to win the Super Bowl, without a doubt. They almost did it last year with a terrible, historically bad defense. If they can move up to the top 25, watch out. So let's preview the Bengals game real quick. First off, if you didn't know, it's Saturday night at Arrowhead Stadium at 7 o'clock. You can watch it on, I believe, KCTV5, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's the local channel that broadcasts the Chiefs games. But you can also catch it on replay on NFL Network, uh, or you can pay for Game Pass, uh, 30 bucks a month or $100 a year, to watch this game live on NFL.com. The Chiefs are favored by 3.5 points, if you care about that. I take that bet. If you're such a degenerate, as I am, that you will bet on preseason games, I take that bet because the Chiefs, top to bottom, and I mean bottom because the preseason game won, the bottom of your roster is going to play. Top to bottom, I'm taking the Chiefs roster against the Bengals. I think they have better talent. I think they have better guys who they've taken flyers on. Uh, If you need to bet three and a half, especially if that number comes any lower, Take it if you need to bet preseason. Now, I don't advise betting, especially not the preseason, but we all do it. And we might all bet on preseason. Who knows? Follow me on Twitter if you want to know my betting action. But that's the line right there. We'll talk about lines more in the regular season. As far as who's going to play or not, the only confirmation I've seen so far is that Mahomes is going to play. And he'll play the entire first quarter. Chad Henney will get the second quarter. Sherman will get the third quarter. And Chase Litton will get the fourth quarter. Pat Mahomes playing the entire first quarter 
is kind of concerning to me because you really want to take these quarterbacks and just wrap them in a bubble wrap during the preseason, especially when you have a guy like Mahomes. Just please don't hurt him. Please don't hurt him. At most, you'd want him playing one possession. But depending on how the, the pace of the game goes, that first quarter might only be one possession for Mahomes. So we'll see. Again, just hopefully he doesn't get hurt. I don't care if he throws three interceptions in a quarter. Just don't get hurt. Um, other than that, no news on who's going to be playing and how much they're going to be playing. So keep reading arrowheadact.com to find out the latest news on that front. And then I want to talk about the other team real quick. Just three reasons to watch from a Bengals standpoint, because in these preseason games, you need reasons to be invested. Because second quarter, even midway through the first quarter, the Chiefs are going to start rotating guys who you know because you follow this team, who you know don't have a shot at making this roster. And if they do make the roster, barring something just terrible happening, they're not going to make an impact. They're not going to be a contributor. So you know that about the Chiefs. So here's reasons to watch the Bengals, you know, to stay invested. I don't know if Rodney Anderson's going to play because he was dealing with a lot of injuries at Oklahoma, but he's an explosive running back. He, I think he's better than Joe Mixon. If he can ever stay healthy, I think Rodney Anderson's better than Joe Mixon. So I want to see how he performs if he does play on Saturday. It doesn't sound like he can play, just running the numbers through my head on when he got hurt at Oklahoma uh, and when this game is. I, I haven't heard anything. I tried to look last night at Bengals' websites and, and blogs if they had anything on, on uh, Rodney Anderson. If he does play, watch for him. He's going to be pretty good if he can ever stay healthy, which is a big if for him. Uh, also, they have a, a, a bunch of other young guys like Ryan Finley, the quarterback from North Carolina State. He's seemingly going to win that backup job, and I think that they might have gotten a bit of a value play there. Um, they obviously cannot move Andy Dalton this year, but next year they can, and they might have something. If they can't get Tua, if they can't get uh, a Hibbert, if they can't get Fromm, they might have something in, in, in Finley to be a gap guy you know, for a year or two until they can get that that quarterback of the franchise that they've been looking for. Malik Jefferson, I think, is and Carl Lawson are two guys who I think that people are kind of forgetting about. They've had slow starts to their careers. I think they're kind of pushing them to the wayside. And I think that they still have a lot of potential. So is this the year that it finally all clicks for them? Number two, Zach Taylor coaching his first NFL game. Of course, he's really not qualified to be a head coach other than the fact that he sniffed Sean McVay's hair one time. Uh, so... Again, they're not going to show the, the schemes, I don't think, because it's the preseason. But he's a first-year coach. Maybe he just doesn't know what he's doing, and he does show his entire scheme. But I want to see how he holds up on the sidelines, what he does in terms of rotations and how he works the preseason. Because every coach has a little bit different tendencies in the preseason than the other. So I want to see that. Number three, a shaky group of wide receivers. And probably no Andy Dalton. I mean, I don't, I don't know now because I wrote that, that note whenever Mahomes, I didn't think, was going to play either. And now come to find out he's going to play a whole first quarter. So Andy Dalton might play. But, but there's no A.J. Green. I don't think they're going to put Boyd out there because I think he just got turf toe as well. That group of wide receivers is just not very good. Their offensive line is not very good either. So the Chiefs defense under Spags should perform pretty well. Again, if they don't, it's not reason to write this team off just yet. But... This is not a high-powered offense, even if they were all healthy. So I want to see what this Chiefs defense looks like um, come Saturday night. So that's the reason to watch the Bengals game. That's the preview. Obviously, previews are going to get much more extensive and much better throughout the regular season whenever we know for sure who's playing, what's going on, uh, and just the games mean more. I mean, no one wants to listen to me talk for an hour about the preseason game against the Bengals, although I could. So quickly, to wrap up the show, 
I want to talk about Hard Knocks. And every week throughout the Hard Knocks season, which is going to last till the Tuesday before the regular season, we're going to review Hard Knocks and talk about it, talk about what we liked, what we didn't like. And honestly, the only thing from this episode I liked was John Gruden. His speech about, hey, listen, man, we're not going to try to play the Blue Bonnet Bowl, man. Okay? That was pretty awesome. I'm not into dreams. I'm into nightmares now. Blah, blah, blah. It was a little bit cheesy sometimes, but it was pretty cool. Uh, it's kind of what got your juices flowing for football. It got you ready to play football again I mean, or watch football again. Got you in the mood for football again. It did its job. Great way to open up Hard Knocks. Great job. Bad part for Hard Knocks. That was the best part of the show, and that was in the first two minutes. And that was leaked online two weeks ago. So not very good on HBO's part to leak that online two weeks ago whenever that was the best part of your show. Ronald Ollie, the kid from Last Chance U, if you watch that show, I watch it religiously. I finish it the day it comes out. Uh, he's just such a wasted talent. I mean, you, you can see that he can be a productive defensive lineman, but he just cannot get his head on right. And you thought maybe it was hard for him to balance school and, and football, and that's why. And, and he kind of got discouraged because he, he wasn't performing in the classroom, so it kind of hurt him on the field. But he was in the NFL. As an undrafted rookie, he got his shot to play in the NFL. He got another chance after going to Last Chance U to play in the NFL. And why did he get cut on the first week of camp, second week of camp? Because he wouldn't go to treatments. He wouldn't go see the trainer at training camp. What else is he doing? That's your job is playing the NFL. Your body is literally your job in the NFL. Go get treatments. You're not Derek Carr. You're not a guy who can't get cut. You're not Antonio Brown. Speaking of Antonio Brown, who let him in the cryo chamber without shoes on? That guy should be fired immediately, or a woman. They should be fired immediately. And he should be cut for being an idiot. Who gets into a cryo chamber with no shoes on? Give me a break. Other than that, AB was a lot more calm than I thought he'd be. I thought he'd really turn it on for the cameras. Uh... And again, an interesting part of the show was his kids asking, where's Ben Roethlisberger, Daddy? That was shown on, online two hours before the show came out. I saw that before I went inside to see Hamilton. And I went inside to see Hamilton like, like 6 o'clock. So HBO needs to cut the leaks out. Because literally all the best parts you already saw on Twitter before the show even aired. They're usually pretty tight-lipped about this. Uh, but they weren't this episode, and it hurt them. I think that we'll see them kind of buckle down a little bit more in the coming weeks. Uh, other Two other notes. Derek Carr. I mean, give me a break. This kid, he, he was trying way too hard. Putting putting oil on his arms, rolling up his, his jersey, and he has the weirdest throwing motion. I never noticed it until HBO took some B-roll and slowed it down and put it in slow motion. He throws the ball just with awful mechanics, but um, just awful. I mean... I'm not going to talk about his family dynamic, but I mean, that was also terrible. Him talking to his kids. It was just, you could just tell it was fake. And for the cameras, uh, he tried way too hard. He just did. And, and he was uncomfortable, but he still wanted to try to be in the spotlight. It was just weird. Jonathan Abram though, and get this kid out of here. He was hitting people in shorts, you know, not even wearing shells. They were wearing literal shorts and a t-shirt and he was laying people out, you know, trying to act all big and bad as a rookie. Uh, and then talking back to John Gruden, uh, just he was terrible and annoying. I don't know how anyone liked him. I don't think anyone did. He was a joke of a player, and for that reason alone, I hope he, 
is a bust. He was the most annoying player in Hard Knocks history. Uh, you know, him talking to Derek Carr about how much money Carr makes and, and how he didn't eat all day because Derek Carr's going to take him out to dinner. It was just annoying. And that was probably the most get-off-my-lawn segment we've ever had on this show. But get John Abram all the way out of here. I hope they don't feature him the rest of the year on Hard Knocks. Uh, but it's football season, folks. It's fun. It's going to be really fun to watch this Chiefs team. This Chiefs team is Super Bowl or bust bound. And if you watched the franchise last night on YouTube, uh, Clark Hunt said it himself. That's the only goal that they have this year is to win Super Bowl. So that's going to be something fun to look forward to. Uh, and you can also look forward to fantasy football. That'll start here pretty soon. And if you made it this far, I want to give you a heads up about Airhead Attack Podcast, what we're going to do for fantasy football. I'm going to start a fantasy football league. Grant's probably going to be in it, hopefully. I haven't really got to discuss it with him because his mouth's numb. But, but if you want in the league, send me a tweet as soon as you hear this. At Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Send me a tweet saying you want into the, the fantasy football league. There's nothing confirmed yet in terms of how many people are going to be there. In terms of, in terms of how many people are going to be there. In terms of, you know, when the draft's going to be, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, just send me a tweet saying you won the fantasy football league. I'll know what it means. I'll keep you in mind. I'll, I'll DM you, get your information from you, and we'll start the league up before the season starts. Uh, so, I want to do so that to kind of interact with you guys more, interact with the, sh- the fans of the show more. Uh, and just kind of have something that we can all follow along with. We're also going to be doing when the season starts a pick 'em contest, but we'll talk about that as it gets closer. But we need to get this draft done uh, here in the coming weeks. So again, tweet if you want in the in the in the league at Ryland underscore pod. Uh, excuse me, at Ryland underscore Styles uh, or at Attic underscore Podcast. Thank you all for listening to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. Tell us what you like, what you didn't like. Read ArrowheadAttic.com. And have a good day, folks. I mean, we'll see you guys next week. Be good and be good to one another. This has been the Arrowheaded Podcast as a part of the Fanside Podcasting Network. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.